Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Lift up your hands across the church tonight. Lift up your hands and repeat after me. I thank you, O Lord, for all that you have done. And all that you will do. And we expect this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. You may be seated around the church tonight. We're going to start in John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. We're going to start tonight by learning about who our enemy is. Every once in a while, it's a good reminder for us to realize who the enemy is. The enemy is not those in the church. The enemy really isn't even those who are outside the church. Oh, at times they will be used by the enemy, but they're not the enemy. According to John chapter 10 verse 10, we see the thief comes not, but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Let's hold there for a second. The thief is Satan. Who is the enemy of the church? Satan. Who is the enemy of the believer? Satan. Never lose sight on who the enemy actually is. Too many times, we as believers, we have gotten too far in the, oh, Satan really doesn't cause any problem camp. It used to be Satan was behind every bush. Now it's the complete opposite extreme. We don't have to worry about Satan. He exists, and his henchmen, demons, they are still active. And remember, who is the number one enemy in this world of the devil and his henchmen? The number one enemy of the devil is still the church. Are we together on this? So the devil, he will manage to try to get others to attack the church for him in order to steal from us, to kill, and to destroy. The three basic tactics of the devil. To steal, to kill, and destroy. John chapter 8, verse 44. The last line of the verse. It refers to the devil. It says, For he is a liar and the father of it, or the father of lies. So who is the father of lies? The devil. Okay. Next question. What is one of the tactics of the devil? Lying. I'll even get more specific. Manipulation. Satan is a master manipulator. He will twist facts for his own advantage 
to try to get people to do what he wants. Satan is a liar. He lies to everyone. But he has teeny bit of facts. So he can manipulate people into doing what he wants them to do. So let's look at our enemy tonight. Our enemy is what? Satan. He is a liar. He is a manipulator. He has goals to steal, to kill, and destroy. I want you to turn to the book of Job chapter 1 while you're getting there. I want us to look at the tactics Satan uses. We are going to see in clear detail what Satan does in attacking those who are true to God. We know the scene pretty well. Job is considered the greatest person on the earth in its time. Satan knows this. He goes up to heaven. He said, Lord, if you took down that hedge of protection, he would curse you immediately. He would abandon you. And he would leave you. So the Lord said, what? I will do it. Just don't kill him. Now, I want us to focus on what Satan did. Because the tactics Satan used against Job are the tactics Satan will use against you. Satan has a game plan. He sticks with the game plan. Why? Because it works. He does the same thing over and over again because it works. Job chapter 1, verse 13. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses, or the donkeys, were feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 16. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is fallen from heaven, and has burned up the sheep and the servants, and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Verse 17. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands, and fell upon the camels, and have carried them away, yea, and have slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. Verse 18. And while he was yet speaking, there also came another, and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. 
and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. So, what do we see here? In this, we're going to see the four tactics that the devil uses. They will also coincide with the four major concerns an average person has. Let's go back and look at verse 15 where it said, The Sabians fell upon them. Then verse 16, The fire of God is fallen from heaven. Can I take a time out here? Did the fire come from God? Absolutely not. Who did the fire come from? Satan. God did not send the fire. Satan did. When it is regarding those who are solid believers in Christ, the Lord will not throw fire on them. We as believers in Jesus. I don't think we have to worry about the fire of God in a judgment sense falling on us. The fire of God, the Holy Spirit, yay. The fire of God, judgment, no. This was the devil's doing. But let's chalk this up to natural elements. In verse 17, the Chaldeans. And then in verse 19, what? A great wind. The first area of Satan in his attacks is going to be against safety. Job thought he was safe and secure. That no one could steal his stuff. That his family was safe. That nothing was going to harm them. What do we see? The Sabians came. Fire came from the sky. What else did we see? The Chaldeans came and the wind came. Between this we see the two areas that can take safety pretty quickly. One, natural disasters, the wind. Or two, an enemy attack. Now notice that Satan is not the one who is raiding the cows or doing any of this. Satan will always use people or elements to try to accomplish his will. He will not do things by himself. Why? Because honestly, when it comes to us, the believer, let's start with us first. Satan cannot kill a believer or one who worships God. Case in point. If Satan would have wiped out Noah in the early chapters of Exodus, of Genesis, if he would have wiped out Noah before the flood, that's the end. Why didn't Satan do that? Because God protected Noah. Satan could have sent a lightning bolt and fried Abraham. Why not? God protected Abraham. He could have done the same thing with Moses. He could have sent this big storm and swallowed them up. Didn't happen. Why? God protected Moses. We could say that before little David went out into the battlefield, that Satan could have tried to do a preemptive attack 
and got rid of David. Didn't happen. Why? God protected him. Satan could have tried to do a preemptive act on Jesus, but was never allowed. Why? Because the Father protected the Son. Even in the church age, the Lord will protect His own. Satan cannot take out a believer because God will protect the believers. Are we together on this? He just can't. So don't worry about Satan taking you out. He won't. He will manipulate others into doing so. For example, I don't think Satan went to the Sabians and said, hey, go raid their land. Oh no. He was probably dropping hints like, that Job has a lot of good cattle. Why don't you help yourself? And then the next thing you know, they're helping themselves. Satan manipulates. And what is he doing here? He is stealing the safety of Job and the security that goes with being safe. So Satan will try to steal your safety and your security. In those same verses, we mentioned the cattle being gone. We mentioned what? The camels being gone. We mentioned all of his property being taken from him. So the second area of attack is an economic attack. Because if you can attack the economics of a person, now you're getting back to housing and food and clothing and things of this sort. Satan will try to steal the wealth. Always has. What is the third area? The third area, what was the first? Safety. What was the second area? Wealth. What's the third? Family. Even the most honest person, if you start attacking the family, the spouse, the kids... (laughs) Immediately attack mode. People don't like anyone messing with their families. That's why Satan will try to use people to tempt you and your family to destroy the family unit. By destroying Job's family. He was really stealing, killing, and destroying what Job had. Are we still here? What were the first three? First three was safety, security, wealth, family. Job chapter 2, verse 7. So went Satan forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot to his crown. And he took him a pot shirt to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Now, what just happened here? Satan went back to God and said, You know, if you allowed me to actually hurt his health, then he would curse you and forsake you immediately. 
And God said, don't take his life. But you're going to find out he's not going to curse you. He's not going to reject me. So what happens? The boils. Area number four, health. Satan will try to attack a person by stealing, killing, and destroying. One, safety and security. Two, wealth or the economic basis of a person. Three, family. Four, health. Now, why does Satan do this? Why is he attacking these areas? Let's connect this to Galatians for a second. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Let's hold there. A believer is full of love and joy and peace. Now, why does Satan, why does he try to attack by taking one's safety and security, by taking one's wealth, by taking one's family, and by taking one's health? Because Satan knows that the three things that he needs to steal from a believer is their love, their joy, and their peace. Let's connect these. Peace is peace of mind. Job, he had peace of mind. He was safe and secure. Financially, he was well off. The kids were well taken care of. The wife was well taken care of. And he had a wonderful health life. So with those four things, he had peace of mind. Because he had safety and security. Because he had wealth. Because he had a family. Because... He had health. He was also full of joy. Love. That's different. Love is toward God first. Job loved God. Are we together on this? Now, here's the game plan of Satan. If he can steal your peace, and if he can steal your joy... Then he thinks that your love for God will go bye-bye. So let's play this out. The first attack. Job loses what? He loses the safety and security. He loses what? He loses the wealth and he loses the family. Yes, this affects one's peace of mind and this affects one's joy level. But did Job ever curse God? 
Absolutely not. Why? Because the devil can try to steal peace and he can try to steal joy, but he cannot steal your love. You have to give that willingly to the enemy. Job continued to love the Lord his God, therefore he did not curse God. Are we together on this? His love for God was so solid, he did not curse God. Next attack, he loses his health. Now, does this affect his security, his peace of mind? Absolutely. Does this affect his joy level? Absolutely. Having been through life-altering illnesses, that is not a joyful experience. But did Job ever curse God, what did Mrs. Job say to her husband? Curse God and die. What was Job's response? Let me turn back a page. Job chapter 2. Where it said what? Shall we receive good at the hand of God... And shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Satan threw everything he could at Job. Yes. Job's peace of mind, his joy level, as we will see, affected that his love for the Lord never wavered. Therefore, he stood. Get what we're saying. Because the love of God is inside of you, Satan can throw everything at you. But as long as you love the Lord your God with all your heart, you are not going to waver in your faith. Are we together on this? The love is what Satan wants. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy that love because he knows if he can do that, people will curse God and die. But Job, he never did renounce his love for the Lord. He continued to love Him. Now, let's apply this to us before we get to the happy end of this. What are our four areas of concern? I know a lot of people say, well, Job feared and everything happened. Hold it. Let's think for a second. What are the four things people are concerned about? Their safety, their finances, their family, and their health. What Job went through, honestly, Maybe not to the degree of a lot of us. But it's basically the same problems we run into. Safety, wealth, family, and health. Job faced the exact same problems we do. Which means 
that when Satan comes, he's going to try to attack those four areas. Why? To steal your peace, your joy, and your love. Now let's be honest. If one of those four things happen in the short run, your joy and your peace is going to be affected. I'm just being honest from my own personal point of view. Having gone through rough times. In the short run, yes. It's like the punch. It takes your breath for a second. But when you regroup, what will happen? You will continue to rely on the Lord for your joy and your peace. But it never should affect your love at all. Why? Because the love of the Lord is in you. And the love of the Lord will carry you through in all situations. As long as you love the Lord with all your heart. As believers in Jesus who are born again. And let me stress this. We're talking about born again believers right now. As long as we love the Lord, we will stand. Nothing can separate us from the one we love. Nor height, nor depth, nor principality, nor thing present, nor things to come. Though the devil hate us, he can never separate us from the wonderful love of God. Now, let's go back for a second. Keep your finger in Job. John 10.10. 10. The second part of the verse, which I did not read earlier. I am come that they might have life. And they might have life more abundantly. So, who is the thief, the liar, the one who steals, kills, and destroys? Satan. Who's the one who gives life? And life more abundantly. Key moment here. It is Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives life now and life more abundantly, meaning the blessings right now in this life. Now let's look at Job's case a little bit. After Job went through all of these attacks, he was visited by his three friends. Let's call them what they were. Stooges of the devil. A stooge being one who is an unwitting accomplice of the bad guy. These men who come to comfort Job, they mean well. They really do. I don't think there was a bad intent in any of them. I mean, they sat there for seven days with them before they even spoke a word. But what they said, God was never pleased with because God will deal with them at the end of the book. 
Now understand, when things are going bad, the devil can manipulate well-meaning people to try to add insult to injury. And that's what they were doing. If you look, even Jesus faced attacks from the scribes and the Pharisees and the Sadducees. No one considered them bad people, but Satan manipulated them in their attacks against Jesus. Even today, well-meaning people add insult to injury. That doesn't help. But they did expose one thing about Job. Job chapter 31, verse 1. So these three men ceased to answer Job because he was righteous in his own eyes. Now there were some areas that God dealt with Job over. Three areas. Number one, we just saw self-righteous. And God dealt with Job thoroughly between chapter 31 and chapter 41 regarding this. Some even God himself speaking to Job and these men who are with him. Now, I said God dealt with him, and he did. This is why I want to read for the sake of time, chapter 42, verse 6. Wherefore I pour myself and repent in ashes and dust. So Job, the one area he needed to repent of, self-righteousness, God handled, he repented. The second area, when God began to deal with the three friends, he told them to go to Job and have Job offer sacrifices for them. Now let's look at this from the point of view of Job. Job, at this point, he is still broke. He is still without his children. He is still in lousy health. He has no security or safety. In this situation, God tells Job to offer a sacrifice for the three people who have been criticizing him this entire day. What do we see with Job? We see, one, he has to forgive those who have been lobbing the insults at him. And he does. How do you know this? He offered the sacrifices. But there's one other area I want to pick up on. By offering the sacrifices, Job was interceding for the three people who had been insulting him most of the afternoon. So what we see here is Job 
forgiving these people and then interceding for them. One of the big things that holds blessing back from the people is what? Unforgiveness. Well, what do we see here? Job, by offering the sacrifices, has to forgive these people. But then he has to intercede for them with God for them to be in a right place with God. What does this mean to us? This means that when we are attacked for whatever reason, it's not just about forgiveness, even though that's where it begins. It's also interceding for them on behalf in the face of God. Now, with that issue settled, this is why we just went through this. The very last line of verse 9, after the sacrifices, the Lord also accepted Job. How did he accept Job? One, repentance for self-righteousness, but two, forgiving others and then interceding for them. God accepted Job. Now let's get to the main point. Life and life more abundantly. Satan tried to attack Job. He failed miserably. What does God give Job? He gives him what? Verse 11. After God is finished with Job, then came there unto him all his brethren and his sisters and all that had been of his acquaintance before and did eat bread with him in his house and they bemoaned him and they comforted him over all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. Every man also gave him a piece of money and every one an earring of gold. What do we see? True comforters. They want to help a person in need. Are we together on that? A true comforter helps. The Lord sent these people to help restore Job. When he had nothing, they provide money, the gold, so Job can begin to get back on his feet. Who took everything away? Satan. He's the bad guy. Who provided life and life more abundantly? God. Are we together on this? Verse 12. So the Lord blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning for he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand she-donkeys. Restoration. You see, Job, everything that the devil took from him was restored. 
And after this, Job lived a hundred and forty years and saw his sons and his sons' sons, even his four generations. Now, let me add one more thing, because poor Mrs. Job takes a lot of heat. But did Job ever remarry anywhere along the line? Does the Bible say that? Absolutely not. That means the relationship between him and the missus improved to the point that she is back in the childbearing business. So what do we see here? Complete and total restoration. Complete and total restoration. The devil will try to steal, to kill, and destroy. He will. But the Lord will restore what has been taken. Now let's wrap it up with these two points. We mentioned joy and peace. Who's the one that is going to restore joy and peace to Job? God. How? When the Lord accepted Job. He restored first the joy and peace. Then the rest came. Believers in Jesus. The Lord wants to restore your joy and your peace. This is why the forgiveness aspect and the intercession aspect becomes so important. Because when Job did this, the joy and peace begins to be restored. And when the joy and peace are restored, the rest will come. Now, we are going to be entering into a time that everything that the devil took from us is going to be restored. Amen? We're entering into a season of restoration. Now, I want everyone to prepare between now and next weekend. Because it's going to be a time of celebration. It's going to be a time where we will celebrate our coming restoration from the Lord. But it begins with joy and peace. That means settling things, yes, with God, but also settling things with those around us. Because when the joy and the peace are restored, the restoration is going to come fast. The devil, he wants your joy and he wants your peace. Well, guess what? In a lot of cases, seems like he's successful. Well, tonight, that time of him being successful is over. Amen? 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 Okay. The time of the devil taking these things is over. We have the joy of the Holy Ghost. We have the peace of the Holy Ghost. We're not letting him take it. We're not going to allow anything like this to stop us. Between now and next week, everything that you are believing God for, 
I want those to be fresh in your mind as we walk through the door. Because here is what we're going to do. We're going to celebrate what the Lord is going to do. And yes, we will give biblical reasons why next week. This is a season of restoration. The time of the devil doing what he did, it's over. The Lord is going to lead us into restoration and victory. Are we together on this? Are we together on this? Let's stand across the church tonight. In the name of Jesus.